0: He's doing something awesome and something amazing, amen. So take that moment and check in, and we're excited about what the Lord is going to speak today. And uh, today I want to uh, start a new series. Uh, last, the last two three weeks we've been talking about the inheritance. Man, that was awesome, uh, and I'm still really chewing on that. And I wish, you know, I could actually go probably another couple of weeks on that one, but uh, I'm going to slowly transition. But this year is the year that we have. Uh, decreed the year of what? Kingdom advancement. Amen. Kingdom advancement. So we're going to talk about what that looks like. What does that sound like? What does that feel like? What is your role in kingdom advancement? Amen. So we want to be able to identify that. And I really uh, want to strategically deal with some things when we talk about kingdom advancement. Um, So today I want to start a series called uh, Radical Jesus. Radical Jesus. You guys don't sound radical at all. Not even a little bit. Some of you didn't even say, oh, that's nice, radical. That is that's not how radical sounds. That was not the, you know, that was not the response I had in my mind when I was putting this together. I just saw people getting radical, but that was nowhere near what I saw. But it's okay, we're gonna we're gonna get that's why I gotta teach it. So I can get everybody radical. I can't be the only radical one jumping on chairs and stuff. I can't be the only one. So we're going to talk about radical Jesus. Jesus, uh, if he was here today, man, he would be considered a troublemaker, the stuff that he did. Uh, and so we're going to talk about some of those things uh, over the next two weeks. Uh, this, for this, uh, the reading that I want to recommend, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm huge on books and reading. Uh, I believe as a believer, you should constantly be educating yourself. Amen. So this is going to be. I'm, I should have took out the word recommended and put mandatory. Now you never hear me say that, right? Mandatory. Somebody say the word mandatory. All right, mandatory reading. This book changed my life. This is big. I I really want everyone that's a part of the RCC family. If you're gonna if we're gonna talk about kingdom advancement, it cannot be done without you having. The principles in this book in your mind. Uh, And the title of the book is Church Shift by Sunday at Elijah. Um, This man blessed me so much that I actually hunted him down. And uh, there was a, at that time, there was, I had a a woman working for me. She's working for my ministry. And um, I says, uh, Helene, I said, you have to find me. You got to find me Sunday. I don't know where in the world he is. Uh, You got to find him for me. She says, uh, she was from, uh, She's from the Netherlands. He says, Brother Jones, I know what he is. I said, where is he? So she knew his manager and got in contact. He was flying from Paris over to another country. He literally travels the world. And uh, he stopped over at JFK. And we met in a hotel meeting room. And it it changed my life. And uh, uh, this man is amazing. He has a a church uh, in the Ukraine, Russia, of 70,000 people, and uh, you talk about taking a nation. Uh, we, we talking about growing a church, and he's talking about taking a nation. You know, we, we got to shift our mindset. So Church Shift, an amazing, and some of the concepts throughout this year, which I've never done before, but some of the concepts throughout this year, I'm going to be highlighting, uh, and you'll know when you read the book, that some of the concepts we're going to be talking about this year are going to be highlighted from here. So uh, Church Shift, a phenomenal Book so mandatory reading, all right? And I don't know, I'm gonna walk up to you, just ask you random questions. So you better be ready. I'm just gonna walk up to you. I'm like chapter eight, page 132, third line, second paragraph. What does it say? You know? Oh, come on, you got, you got. I want, I want you ready. Come on, I want you ready. Come on, we radical Jesus. Come on, we gotta get ready, right? All right. So I, I gotta get everybody thinking on a different plane, so we can receive everything that God has for us to receive. So I want to jump into this uh, talking about radical Jesus because it's going to bless you. Um, and this week, especially in our nation, it's been uh, uh, a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very special, just to keep it simple. Tumultuous would be perfect, right? A uh, week. Uh, well, I wouldn't say mess. I'm, I'm going to say tumultuous. Tumultuous. Uh, and, and the reason why, and, and again, one thing I want to say as your pastor, I mean, it's amazing. I look at Facebook. I had to really cut it off because you got a lot of ignorant people saying things. And, uh, you know, you can't get pulled into to people's conversations, right? Now, I had a lady pretty much edging me on on Facebook. So what do you think, pastor? What do you think? What do you think? And I say, you know, you can't let people drag you into unnecessary conversations, especially people who, who just want to prove their point. Amen? So here at RCC, we, we, don't, we don't get involved in whether it's Democrat, Republican, black, white. That is not our issue. because This is a multicultural church, and we're going to shift the thinking of the city. Amen. 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 So we, we don't get into that quarrel over that. Uh, we do what the Bible says do. And so according to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, here are my directions. This is not. If you feel like it, these are the instructions, right? Pray much for others. Plead for God's mercy upon them. Give thanks for all he is going to do for them. Pray in this way for kings and all others who are in authority over us. Man, I am never are going to weigh in from that one. Or are in places of high responsibility so that we can live in peace. So he says complaining does nothing. He says, as the church, what you have to do is pray. That's our assignment. Our assignment is not to get involved in in, in foolish conversations. Our assignment is to pray. It is our responsibility to do that, that we may live in peace and quietness, spending our time in godly living and thinking much about the Lord. Verse 3, this is good and pleases God. I didn't know that was in the Bible. There it goes. That's our assignment. He says this is not just, oh, it's the right thing to do. This pleases God. Pleases God. So as a church, our job is not to get involved in, oh, we're going to do this and we believe this and why. No, no. Our job is that whether we agree or disagree, it's irrelevant. Pray for those who are in authority. Come on. Because if we don't pray, we won't have any peace. So the enemy wants to get you caught up in complaining and and, and getting involved and dragged into the creative narrative. The created narrative was to pull you in there so you will not be focused on prayer. And our job is not to do what everybody else is doing. We are different. We are the church. Come on. We are different. We are the church. I know it's tight, but it's right. That's Okay. I'm going to get what the Word says. We are the church, and our job is to pray. That's what he says. Well, I don't want him at all. That's irrelevant. <laughs> there was a prophet by the name of Samuel who went, and he put his opinion in who he thought should be king. And God said, see, that's your problem. I don't need your opinion. <laughs> God don't need our opinion. He tried to come. He said, this is it, God. This is the one. God says, no, okay, this is the one. God says, no, this is the one. No, but he looks like a king. He sounds like a king, speaks right like a king. God said, but that's not my choice. Hello. God don't need our opinion. He wants us to pray. So when I realized that God doesn't want my opinion, I stopped giving it to him. He doesn't want our opinion. He wants us to follow his word. And he says, verse 3, this is good. And pleases God. So my job is to please God. That's what I want to do. I live to please Him. Amen. Amen. And guess what? As long as I'm doing the word of God, everything will work out fine. But if the church stops doing their job, then we're asking for chaos. We're asking for confusion. We're asking for uh, 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 the next four years to be crazy. Only way it can be crazy, if you start complaining and stop praying. But if you pray, like the Bible says... We will be in peace, and we will be in quietness. But the church as a whole has to pray. Amen? So somebody said, what does Pastor Andre think? There you go. That's what I think. I think 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. Because his thoughts are far above my thoughts. Come on. It's not for me to try to understand. My, it's my job. I said, God, what do you And I asked God, what do you want me to do? Because everybody, oh, what do you think? I said, okay. And he took me to the scripture. He said, I don't need your opinion. I need you to be obedient. I need you to hear my directions. Wow. Come on. Hear my directions. Isn't it great? I don't have to think about my opinion. What do you think? I don't have, I'm following directions. That's all I'm doing, following directions. And RCC is going to follow directions. (laughs) That's what we're going to do. We're going to follow directions. And that's what it says. And when you follow directions, you can't get no, mad at nobody but God. If you're mad at him, you're in trouble. I wouldn't suggest that. Amen? Amen. So let's jump into this message real quickly. Now that we got that settled, somebody say amen. amen. We're going to follow directions. Amen. And we're going to pray for those who are in government, those who are in our city, that God give them wisdom, knowledge, they make right decisions. Amen. And they make decisions according to the word of God. That's important. Look at the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, verse 1 through 3, this is, is going to be our, our holding scripture for today. Amen? We're going to look at radical Jesus. I mean, this, 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 is, this is big because, I mean, today I know we think um, that Jesus was just, uh, you know, walked around in sandals and a robe, and that was about it, you know, and he just gave these great parables to people, and that was it. Jesus was radical. I mean, he was, he was causing trouble anywhere way he went. And and if we are going to be impactful in today's society, we have to be radical too. So I, I want to get everybody at RCC revved up to be radical. I don't want you to be boring Christians. Come on, who wants to be a boring Christian? All right? Do something different. I put my shirt up my pants on purpose. I don't want to <laughs> do do something different. <laughs> Wear a different color socks or. Put a polka dot with a stripe. Do do something you never did before. Eat a food you never ate. I mean, come on. I mean, think outside the box. Some of you, "Uh, just play it safe. Now, be radical. Do something different today. And I love this scripture. He says, "Uh, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed away, all these veterans cheering us on. It means that we better get on with it. Strip down. Start running. In other words, get rid of all the weight and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No uh, parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Man, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study on how he did it. I mean, God, the Bible gives you everything. I mean, Dan, it doesn't get any easier than this. Uh, He says study how Jesus did it. Study. So that's why we gotta study to show ourselves approved what a work but need not to be ashamed by divine the word of truth. Study to see how Jesus did it. He says you don't have to reinvent the wheel, just study how Jesus did it. Look at this next part of the verse because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That's good, ain't it? (laughs) Item by item. Don't skip nothing. That long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline in your souls. Woo! Sister Gail, that's good stuff right there. It it will shoot adrenaline. So when you leave here, you shouldn't be leaving here like we just left the funeral. You should be leaving here with some adrenaline. Come on, you ever see anybody that's that full of adrenaline? I mean, they, they they got energy, they're going, they're like, hey, you know, you, you got to get, the word gives you it. That's why when I'm worshiping, I got adrenaline. I'm just... The presence of God should make you excited, make you happy. And he says that God has become our example. Now, what does it mean to be radical? Some of you say, I don't know what it means to be radical. Good. Look, it says relating to or affecting the fundamental nature of something. That means in Philly, God called us to affect the fundamental nature of this city. If we're going to be radical like Jesus in this city as a church, we have to affect something. If you're not affecting nothing, then you're not radical. You're just status quo. And I hate status quo. I really don't like status quo. I've never been a status quo kind of guy. That's never been my thing. Everything is just always extra. Because I'm radical. See, some of y'all think it's radical. Uh, Number two says advocating or based on uh, thorough or complete social change. Jesus came to cause a complete change. They were stuck in the status quo, doing business as usual, but Jesus came to shake them up and change the status quo. I mean, I was sitting there, I was thinking about some of the things. I'm going to give you two scriptures uh, that Jesus did. challenge the Sadducees and Pharisees. I mean, they they were considered like the bishops and the priests of today, and Jesus came against and challenged their doctrine. He healed on the Sabbath, which is not supposed to be done. That was like a no-no. You're supposed to do nothing on the Sabbath. And Jews today still do that. They, uh, by sunset on Friday, they have to be in the house. There's nothing to be done. Uh, healed on the Sabbath. He went to the house of a sinner. I mean, he told Zacchaeus, come down. Today I'm coming to your house. They're like, oh, you're going to the house of a sinner? Yes. I mean, that was radical. That, that, that's some crazy stuff right there uh he had a uh, one on one with the prostitute i mean there was a woman at the well that was there and jesus well, not only did he have a conversation with her but he had one by himself that's a no no right but he was radical uh then i don't only did he have a conversation with a prostitute but he protected an adulterer she came running after being with another man, and Jesus says, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! Before you put those stones up, he that is without sin, let him throw the first stone." I mean, this was this was big. This is an adulterer. By law, she should have been stoned and dead. But here comes radical Jesus, saying that that's not how we're going to do this. Uh, he he called the religious people blasphemers and vipers. I mean, that's huge. Uh, he overturned tables in the synagogue. I mean, Jesus <laughs> was radical. He did things that caused, I mean, if there was Twitter and Facebook back in Jesus' day, he would have really been in trouble. I mean, thank God that news travels slower back then. But if he was in a time of social media, you can hang it up. I mean, his stuff would have been plastered over the, all over the place, and everybody would have had opinion on what he was doing. Come on. But Jesus didn't care because Jesus was radical. And he's calling his church to be just as radical. Not to hide within the four walls of the church, church, but to go out and change the world. Come on. Effect. Advocate. uh, Do a thorough, complete social change because of what we know about Jesus. Come on. Are you getting that today? 2017, we want our church to be radical. Write this down if you, if you have pen and paper. The church is the primary vehicle God uses to train people so that they know how to find their promised land and rule in their nation, their state, their city, or their community. So the church is the headquarters of where we come and we get empowered. But guess what? The battle does not, never takes place at the headquarters. The Pentagon, is, the Pentagon in Washington is where the battles are planned. It's not where the battles happen. But yet we keep having battles in the church. That's my spot. And you don't have no spot. Nobody has a spot. You come to get trained so you can go out there and go to battle. Come on. You come to get trained. So watch it. It's crazy for you to come here and get trained and go out there and, don't, and, and not use anything that you've been trained with. Jesus trained the disciples. And then what the Bible says, he sent them out two by two to do the assignment or to use what he had empowered them with. And I want to make sure that 2017 is a year that we use what Christ is empowering us with. Somebody say, I want to use it. it. Come on, say, I want to use it. it. Now, let's look at a couple of scriptures real quickly. Uh, Look at the book of Luke chapter 6. I didn't put this up on the screen because it's a couple of verses that I want you to look at today last definition I want you to write down real quick is a person that's kingdom-minded. We're talking about uh, kingdom advancement, a mindset that rejects the world's way of thinking and lives by superior principles from a superior place. So when you become a person who is kingdom-minded, you are a person who who lives by a different set of principles, come on, uh, that are from a superior place. It's one thing to say you're a Christian. It's another thing to show you're a Christian. Man, it's quiet this morning. Oh, yeah. I'm going to hit you and run. Don't just say it. You got to show it. Love is more superior than hate. Mercy is more superior than vengeance. Honesty is more superior than dishonesty. Come on, we're talking about living by higher principles. So the only thing that's going to separate us from the world is, by, is the principles that we live by. When they see those principles in action, then they'll know that there's something different about us. And so, in the industry that I work in, there's a lot of dishonesty. We all know that from 2008. Markets went crazy. Banks closed. Because there was a lot of dishonesty. They just had another big mess with another big bank uh, 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 that was doing dishonest things. And and so, uh, people know that I managed there and said, listen, we do not do dishonest things. This is how we're going to do this. We don't take shortcuts. We do not. Uh, push things upon clients. Well, these, these these are not, this is not me to try to be nice. This is kingdom principles that I am bringing into my workplace. And as a result, we're not the bottom, we're at the top. We as you have those who are living by dishonest means that can't seem to get ahead. Because watch this, kingdom principles will always dominate worldly principles. Gosh. Kingdom principles will always dominate Worldly principles. So when the Bible says that if I'm not married, I am not to uh, give my body before marriage, that principle will dominate. God will honor you when you do that. Come on in, somebody. When he says uh, to give and it shall be given back unto you, God says he honors those things. Kingdom principles will always dominate worldly principles. Jesus understood this. So look at Luke 6. This is going to be good. You ready? Tell somebody buckle up. This is going to be good. All right, so let's, let's Luke chapter 6 is going to be uh, uh, what we're going to use just for today. And I'm almost done for your, your kingdom principle manual for this week, all right? I want you to study Luke chapter 6. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to help me activate Luke chapter 6 in my life. All right, now, now this is, this is, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be good. Look at verse 27. But I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies. Here we go, kingdom principles. Love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. Maybe I should have put that on the screen. Do good to them that hate you. Not them that do good to you. Not that do good to somebody that doesn't like you. I mean, this is a strong word here. Do good to people that hate you. He says, verse 28, bless them that curse you. Pray for them which uh, despitefully use you. Ain't got nobody using me. The Bible don't say that. He says, pray for those who you know are using you. This is called the four laws of love. The four laws of love are found in verse twenty-seven and twenty-eight. So this week, I want you to study the four laws of love, and ask God to implement this. Why? Because these are kingdom principles. If you're going to be kingdom-minded and you're going to be radical, it's radical to love your enemies. That's radical. Jesus is on the cross, they hung him up their little drones, and he said, "Forgive them, for they know not what they do." That's radical. Because i feel be like, I'm about to get up this cross. I'm about to put a whooping on you. Gonna, you know who I am? You spit that. I mean, Jesus is being carried away in the garden of Gethsemane. And he says, Don't you think that I can call legions of angels and tear y'all up? I mean, that's crazy. To have access to power but choose not to use what you have access to. Gosh. Does it make you weak because you apologize when you know you're right? Does not make you weak? It makes you stronger. That's radical. <laughs> love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Send a card to somebody you know don't like you. Don't send I love you to appreciate you card to people who brought you gifts only. <laughs> Be radical. I had, I had a family member who was just constantly getting under my skin. I mean, no matter what I did, they just, Err. And I said, Lord, I, I don't want this to get into my heart. And Ray and I went out, and we brought them a nice gift, nice card, and sent to them and said, we love you, we appreciate you. That was not easy for me to do, but I said, man, I I, I don't want to live and be like that. I want to make sure I'm living by higher principles. Gosh, you got to get this, somebody. Live by higher principles. When you do that, you live free. Now, they may still be bound, but I'm free. For me to take my money and go buy your hateful stumps, I'm free. I'm working. I'm almost there. (laughs) I'm free. It's a process. The four laws of love. Verse number 29. And unto him the law of retaliation. Now, let's look at the law of retaliation. Now, in our society, the law of retaliation says an eye for an eye, faith. You hit me, I'm going to knock you out. You talk about my mama, I'm talking about your mama and your daddy. You know, the law of retaliation, right, in the world says you mess with me, I'm going to get my boys and we're going to come out and we're going to mess with you. But that's not what the Bible says. Let's look at the four laws of retaliation. Verse 29. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek also, off of the other. <laughs> I know we got a long way to go, don't we? Okay. And him that taketh away your coke, forbid not to take the, uh, thy coke also. Don't say don't take my stuff. He said if somebody's in need of something, hand it over. So I, was, I ain't no punk. Nothing about being a punk. You don't do these things out of fear. You do these things because this is the principle about what you live by. It's a difference. It's a difference. He says, give to every man that asketh of thee, and him that uh, that taketh away by goods, ask them not again. He says, so we talk about the law of retaliation. Somebody hit you on the other cheek, give them the other cheek. In other words, he said, he's not talking about literally go out there and say, go ahead, hit me, and, I'll, <laughs> and then I'll give you my other cheek. He says, don't. Don't stop doing good because someone took advantage of your good. Don't stop doing good because somebody took advantage of your good. If they took advantage of it one time, listen, bless them again if God leads you to do it. I remember somewhere, I, I, somebody had owed me some money and they didn't do it right and I was mad and they, you know, it was, it was an event that I had did. They didn't do me right at all. And I went and I was just upset. I was just going off. And then they had the nerve to call me back to do another event. And I said, I'm not going back nowhere. You must be crazy. And then the Holy Spirit started talking to me. He says, you're going to go back because that's what I want you to do. And I said, God, that's not fair. It ended up being fair. This is what I need you to do. And that taught me a lot that day. I had to humble myself and go back, and do what God told me to do. That's turning the other cheek. Oh, you hit me once with my money, I ain't gonna let you hit me twice. But God said, turn the other cheek. Come on, come on. Have you had somebody borrow money from you and didn't pay you back? And then ask again, for a little bit more? Sometimes you gotta turn, it. I'm not trying to say be crazy, empty out your checking account, but if you feel let of the spirit Be led by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit says, I know they didn't do that before, but go ahead, bless them again. Because how many times has he done that with us? Oh, come on. I mean, I mean, how many times has he given us things that we've messed up? And by right, we didn't deserve nothing else, but he turned the other cheek. Oh, come on, come on. He turned the other cheek, and he gave it to us again, and we still didn't do right. I mean, God has about 20,000 cheeks for me. And he kept turning his cheeks just to be because he kept saying, This is this is the principle that I live by. Turn the other cheek. The golden rule, verse 31. I'm almost done. As ye as ye would that men should do unto you, do you also unto them likewise. Verse 32 for if ye love them which love you, what think have ye? I mean, you haven't done anything big. For sinners also love those that love them. <laughs> I love that. Now, this is in red. This is Jesus saying this. That's why this is so radical. This sounds crazy, Lisa. Yeah, it is crazy. Jesus is saying this. It's radical. It's outside the box thinking, uh, Brother Ben. It's, it's not. He said, Jesus is saying, see, and he's saying this in, in, in front of everybody. So what you love people that love you? The sinner can do that. I mean, Jesus is saying, you're, no, you're nothing special because you can love somebody that loves you. That's that. That's normal. But can you love somebody who doesn't love you, who hates you? And don't say "I love them." I love you anyway, in the name of Jesus. Don't do that. Can you say you love them and show that you love them? Gosh, yeah. See, because we got to unroot the old principles and put in the new principles. Unroot the old principles and put in the new principles. Verse 33, and if ye do good to them which do good to you, what think have ye? For sinners also do even the same. I mean, Jesus is hitting them hard. If you could do nice to people who do nice to you, so what? Last week, I helped over somebody. They didn't say thank you. I said, well, you could have said thank you. And the Holy Ghost convicted me that quick. It came out already before he convicted me. And it's funny, as I was saying, you could have, I thought the Holy Ghost said, that wasn't right. I was trying to grab it, but the words were just too far gone. They, see, I'm being honest, y'all always do the right thing. I know I mess up all the time. And, and Chris, it, it was already gone. And I said it so loud and boisterous. And the Holy Ghost said, you know you should not have, that. I said, I know that was not right. And I just couldn't grab those words. They were too far ahead of me. I am like, Holy Ghost, you should have said a little faster. <laughs> I mean, I was being nice. Held the door, yo, hi, how are you they, they, they Just walked and me like this. Like, did, did she just not say thank you? No, it's like, you could I say thank you. Uh, I said, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. I need help. Right? So <laughs> uh, come on, come on. Come on. So guess what happened? I, I'm done. I failed that test. And guess what happens when you fail the test? You take it again. Amen. We failed some tests. We're going to take again. So I'm waiting for somebody. I'm going to hold the door all week. I go into the supermarket. I'm going to hold it. And they, and they look back and don't say thank you. I'm going to say, God bless you. I passed that test. Because if you don't pass the test, you take it again. You don't feel a test that God keep promoting you. That's not how that goes. No, no, no. We got a lot of tests we got to take over. All right, look at verse thirty. <laughs> the laws of mercy. Four more verses. Uh, so that was the, the golden rule, right? Uh, I'm sorry, verse 34. If you lend, here we go, you thought I made it up, to them of whom you hope to receive, what think have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again but I made that up. So my new rule is I don't lend more than I'm willing to give. I don't lend more than I'm willing to give. So I have friends that say, I need the whole, you know, you ask for $5, easy. you know, $2. You start talking about $500. I got to pray. I got to go in the Holy Ghost and see if that's my assignment for you. It may not be my assignment for you because I want to stay saved. And And I can only lend when I'm willing to give what it says. He says, when you lend, don't expect. Now, if they give it back to you, wonderful. But don't expect because your spirit will get messed up. How many people have had that happen to them? You lend and did not get it back. I got a lot of money out there that I can send my, my posse out there. I don't have a posse, but if I had a posse, they go get all my money. <laughs> right? Come on. Come on. We've done that. Right? And the Bible says, hey, you upset and all messed up because you're not living by my principles. If you read the word, the word would say, well, if you give, if you lend, don't expect it back. So right now, when I lend, I say, you know, yeah, I get back to you Thursday. I promise you. Okay. All right. In my heart, I say, if they don't, I'm fine. Because I can't, I don't lend more than I'm willing to give. Amen. Are y'all getting something today? Yeah. All right. Four laws of mercy. But love, verse 35, but love, but love ye your enemies and do good and lend uh, and lend hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful. Wow. He is kind to the unthankful. I mean, there are people that are just unthankful, but he's kind to the unthankful and to the evil. <laughs> I mean, this is G this is radical Jesus. You know when I said be radical, I was going to say get a bullhorn. Jesus loves you. No. Yeah, that's easy to do that. Be radical. Let's go win Philly. Yeah. Be radical. Love those who hate you. Be radical. Lynn, don't expect them to get it back. Oh, be radical. Turn the other cheek. That's radical. Verse 36. Be ye therefore merciful as your father also is merciful. Verse 37, the four laws of justice. Judge not. Don't have an opinion. Judge not. And ye shall not be judged. Condemn not. And ye shall not be condemned. Forgive. And ye shall be forgiven. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press out. Now watch this. We always use this verse for money only. That's not the proper use. It is a principle that works. But Jesus didn't put that in there about giving. Yes, if you give, it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together with good measure. But he's talking about what you give out of yourself. You give mercy, you're going to get mercy back. Come on. You give love, you're going to get love back. Pressed down, shaken together. love's going to give it back to you running over. Come on. You give grace; grace is going to be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall be given to your bosom. Not for your hundred dollar seed <laughs> manipulation, and we don't do manipulation in RCC. Come on, we don't do that. We teach you principles, and you give according to the kingdom principles. I mean, nobody's going to tell you that. Everybody loves picking this scripture out. Doing offering time. Here we go. No, no, no. He says this is about giving mercy, giving love, long-suffering, all those things you give will give back to you. Press down, shaken together, run over shall men give into your bosom. This last scripture, one more scripture, and we're done. We're going to pray. Somebody say, be radical. Some of y'all are saying it a lot lower now, be radical. Before it was like, radical, now they're, oh, be radical. I'm not feeling radical right now, Pastor. This is not what I expected when you said be radical. Don't worry, we'll get to the juicy stuff in a week. Don't worry. Next week I'll get you all juiced up, all right, Or radical. But you can't go out there and be radical if you can't first start radical right here. Right? Because the worst thing for you to go out there and try to be radical and love is not there. The reason why people can't go out there and win the city and do things that are radical because they they they, they don't have radical love. Because radical love makes you go out there to win souls. Come on. Radical mercy makes you go out there to do that. Radical grace makes you go out there and do that. So if you don't have this in you operating in your life, there's no way you would be willing to go out there and do that. And the church said amen. John chapter 17 verse 15. John 17 and 15, the last scripture we're going to read and we'll finish next week so I can show you how to be radical. John chapter 17. By the time I finish this series, you're going to find out how do you get started and what is your part? In this whole kingdom assignment, I want to mobilize everybody in this church. And the biggest challenge we have is that people find out what am I supposed to be doing? And I'm going to help answer that question for you. All right? We're going to help answer that question. You're going to be so clear when you walk out of here in a couple of weeks, you're going to be like, I got it. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. We're going to help identify that because guess what? It's all right here in the Word. Everything is here. That's why it's so thick. (laughs) Because it's all here. Your whole life is here. That's why it's, that's why it's so big. Why the Bible got to be so big? Your whole life is there. I mean, I, I mean that's why the book is so thick, because it covers everything from A to Z. So you just got to search it out. Come on, search it out. All right, so watch this. I love this scripture in, in John chapter 17. And again, this is in red because who said it? Radical Jesus said this, all right? Radical Jesus said this. Uh, and, and I love this because the disciples were talking about persecution and they were talking about all the things that are going on and, you know, believing in his name. And he says, uh, and they're like, you know, Jesus is talking about him leaving and all that stuff. And, you know, you know the story. They really go with him. I'm ready to go with you. Jesus corrects him. He says, guess what my prayer is for you? I pray not that thou should be, that, that thou, thou should take them out of the world but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil of the world. God says, yeah, I know, I know there's some challenges in this world, but I'm not going to pray that God take you out or take you out of the challenge. He said, I'm going to pray that God just keeps you from evil, that you don't. your heart doesn't get messed up, your spirit doesn't get messed up. So Jesus is not here to take you out, because how can he take you out when he has an assignment for you to do in? I mean, come on, we're, 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 you're saved, now there's a lot of other people out there who need to be saved. And we're talking about being radical. I mean, these thoughts and these processes were radical to Jesus. And Jesus did not care what people thought when he was talking to the woman at the well. He did not care that he was protecting an adulterer by showing other people their sins. Right? Because he was radical. And in order for us to win the city as you close your Bibles, you're going to have to be radical. But the radicalness has to start in us first. You want to know the first radical move? Come to church every Sunday. That's radical. You got to be consistent so you can stay radical. Come on. We want to get you radical because there's things that we're going to do in 2017 that's going to be really radical. And you're going to say, Pastor Andre must have lost his scruples last night. See, but if you're not radical, you're not going to be able to flow with me because you're not radical. Jesus only was able to flow with 12 people, and out of the 12, he had to slap them into radicalness because they kept complaining about stuff. I mean, remember I told you last week, I mean, he's walking on water, and Peter says, bid me to come. Come on, that's radical. Hey, Jesus, won't you send away these 5,000 people? They're hungry. He said, Jesus, what do you have? We have five loaves and two fish. Bring it to me. Uh, uh, let me pray over it. Let me Let me take that from one system to another system and have it be multiplied to feed more than enough. That's radical. He never did anything that was the status quo. He never did that. And we don't want to be a church that's status quo. We want to be a church that's radical. We want to be like radical Jesus who didn't look at the resources. He looked at who controlled all resources. Come on, we're not looking at the resources. Well, don't overtax us. We only got a handful of people. That's okay. Because as we do our assignment, guess what? As they prayed over the fish and the bread, it kept multiplying as they kept serving it. If what we have will be served gosh, to the hungry, then we will multiply. Come on, you guys, I'm going to say it again. I know some of you missed it. If what we have will be served, if your gifts and talents will be served to those out there who are hungry, then what we have will be multiplied. The ultimate church growth system serving those who are in need. Come on, that we may multiply. Come on, we can do this. 2017's our year. And as you do that, God's going to over flood you with blessings and increase. Because uh, Matthew 6 and 33 stands to your feet, says, Seek ye first the kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you. So as you do your kingdom assignment and you become kingdom minded, guess what God starts doing? He starts adding stuff. Before you realize, you look around, you don't even realize how blessed you were. You didn't realize how blessed you were. I had one of my colleagues called me this week at work and says, Did you get a raise? First, I wouldn't say none of your business if I got a raise. <laughs> I says, I don't, I don't think so. I said, Did you? She says, No. She said, check your email. So I went and checked my email. And like last week, I got a letter stating I got I got a nice raise. I mean, not like a little one. A nice one. Watch this. It was sitting there a week ago, and I didn't even see it. Why? Because I'm focused on my assignment. Yes. My check is not my resource. It's just my seed. Yeah. Come on. I'm focused on. I'm. I'm at work thinking about man. We got to harvest that feeling. We. 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 We got to do that. And, and when you focus on the kingdom. God just start adding to you, and you're like, that's nice, but but that ain't my focus, but that's nice. But God, he says, when you seek the kingdom first, everything else will be added. Watch this. I never even asked for it. I emailed my boss, and I says, his name is Tommy. Italian guy, Tommy, <laughs> he's a gangster. Too. I said, Tommy, I just want to say thank you. really, really appreciate what you did. He said, Andre's well deserved. Didn't even ask for it. You got to get this. This thing works. Man, I'm trying to tell you, if you hang with us, it's going to work. Yes. I mean, you saw me coming back and forth for two years, no place to live, being consistent, rushing service so I can go make my appointment to go look at a house. Yes, yes, yes. We looked in every terrible neighborhood possible yes. just so we can get our foot here and God said no, and then God blessed us with a beautiful home in Drexel. And I'm telling you, if this thing really, really, really works, church here for a purpose. And God has an assignment. That's why you're here. You're not here by accident. He wants you to be a part of something that is radical. Something that only radical Jesus could do. I'm telling you this word works. He says before you ask I'll give it to you. I just sat there a minute and I just said, God, I didn't even ask and while I'm doing your work, you're doing work for me. Come on. Stop being selfish. Stop thinking about you and think about his kingdom. And guess what? You don't have to get your proposal together and get your nerves together to go ask for a raise. If you do his work, he'll ask, He'll touch the heart of the person. Yes, yes. And they don't even know why they're giving you a raise. And they'll give you more than probably what you had the guts to ask for. Yes. Come on, I'm telling you, it works. My passion as a pastor and Ray's passion is to make sure, and I tell you this, we are committed. I always tell you this, we are committed to RCC. We are committed to your success as a believer. That if you use this word, it will work in every area of your life. It cannot fail. Lean on it. Put pressure on it. Some weeks, Chris, it gets tough, but I put pressure on that word. I say your word said that you would never leave me. You would never forsake me. You would never let me hang out here and be disappointed. Your word says that now I'm putting pressure on your word. He can handle the pressure. Woo. He can handle the pressure. Put the pressure on him. Put the pressure on his word to perform. He loves when you put pressure. Gosh. Father, we thank you that this is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it what can we say but thank you don't let us be weak don't let us be compromising but according to Luke chapter 6 let us be radical replace our broken principles with your kingdom principles replace our broken perspective with your kingdom perspective, give us a radical heart that we may love radically, have mercy radically, grace radically. We thank you, God, that this is the day that you have made, and we shall rejoice and be glad. Now, Father, as our hands are lifted up in surrender, we pray right now that your presence touch. Let this word go deep down in the city of our souls. We come against a spirit of discouragement and weariness and tiredness. And today I declare and decree that this shall be a great year for everyone that is under the sound of my voice, that they shall walk in total victory from this day forward. There shall be no failure in them. We glorify you today, Jesus. We magnify you today, Jesus. And we lift up your name. Just lift those hands up. And just worship him. Take courage, my heart. Come on. A, the, the waiting God, is a part of it. God, how long? It's a part of it. Sing it failing. again. Take courage. One more time take courage come on take, take courage, courage. Listen, if you're here and you say, Pastor, you know, I'm, I'm believing God, but sometimes I just need some extra strength. I'm going to pray. That's you, I just want you to lift your hand up. And I'm going to pray. And today, God's going to give you supernatural strength. Failure is not an option for kingdom people. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you got to wait, but he's in the waiting. He's in the waiting, Gail. He's in the waiting. He's there with us. Mother Bev. he's there. He's in the waiting. Michael, he's in the waiting with you, man. He's always there. He's not going to let you just be there. He's in the waiting. Father, I praise you today that as their hands are lifted up, we decree and declare supernatural strength. The peace that passeth all understanding. We thank you that today those who are here and their hands are lifted up in surrender is to you that they shall not fail. They shall not fail. They shall not fail as mothers and fathers and husbands and wives and sons and daughters and entrepreneurs and employees and employers, and they shall not fail. There's no failure in the kingdom. We thank you, God, that when we are weak, you are strong. That when we are confused, you are clear. And we praise you, God, that as we take on a radical mindset that we're going to win this city for your kingdom. Give us the strength, the drive, the wisdom, the radicalness to do what only you can do. And we give you praise. And Jesus' name, come on, somebody clap those hands and give Jesus a big shout. Come on, give him a big shout. Give him a Shabbat praise. He's worthy. grab your seats for a moment. We're going to let you go. How many people feel stronger? You feel a shot of adrenaline. Come on, you feel a shot of adrenaline. Come on.